to be an excellent steward of the resources the Lord has blessed you with, you must work hard because he wants you to show honor to him by giving your best. That means to not only keep working hard at your task, but to work harder for the Lord by following his rules. Working with excellence, it also demonstrates your gratitude to him for the resources and for the opportunities he has given to you. Welcome to the God is my CEO show. I'm your host, Gail Chalky. I am an entrepreneur, teacher, prayer warrior, and founder of the Impact Makers Journey Mastermind. I am passionate about helping Christian entrepreneurs transform their businesses through the power of God's mighty word. So tell me, are you intrigued by the thought of operating your business with the Lord at the center? Great, then you are in the perfect place. On this podcast, you'll learn why you need to focus on kingdom impact and how you can take those first simple steps towards making God your CEO. Get ready to hear stories from the Bible and interviews from modern Christian entrepreneurs for practical application in your business. This is a podcast to empower Christian entrepreneurs to rise up and magnify business success for God's glory. Are you ready to join the movement? Let's go. How is business going this week? More importantly, how are you doing? I hope and pray you are having a wonderful week, but as a business owner myself, I know what it is like to have an off week. Perhaps you are feeling a bit overwhelmed by an unexpected or upcoming challenge, or perhaps you are having difficulties shaking off memories of past business disappointments, and you are afraid to move forward, or perhaps you are just plain overwhelmed by all the work you need to get done. Wherever you are this week, I can promise you that understanding the connection between faithfulness, work, and abundance will help soothe your soul and bring you renewed encouragement and enthusiasm as you move forward operating your business for the glory of the Lord. Are you set with a favorite beverage, a computer, or journal in a quiet place? Okay, today we are heading straight to the book of Ruth. Yes, this book is only four chapters long, but friend, it is a powerful four chapters. Let me recap the story for you now. The beginning verse of Ruth starts on a rather desperate note. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. At this point, many of the people of Israel, also known as the promised land, had cast aside God's ways and their society was already falling apart and then they were plunged into a deep famine across the land. Elimelech, his wife Naomi, and two sons were living in the town of Bethlehem, facing this pending threat of starvation. Elimelech, hearing stories of prosperity and abundance in the pagan land of Moab, moved his wife and two sons to Moab. Well, the family lived in comfortable circumstances in the pagan land of Moab, 
But by the end of 10 years, all three of the men had perished, leaving Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, both of whom were Moabites, widowed. Naomi decided it was time to return back to her beloved promised land, but she really did not think the two younger women should go with her. She felt their best course of action was to remain in Moab and find new husbands there. Orpah obeyed Naomi and kissed her goodbye, but Ruth clung to Naomi and said, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Well, this was a strong statement from Ruth, professing both her loyalty to Naomi and her faithfulness to the Lord. So the two women traveled back to Bethlehem, but the Naomi who returned to Bethlehem was not the same Naomi who had left. She had become very bitter by her sad circumstances, and she felt the Lord had severely punished her. It was barley harvest time when they returned, and right away, Ruth went to aggressively work in the fields. She was allowed to collect the leftover grain on the outskirts of the field, known as gleaning in biblical times. Well, it so happened that she was working in the fields of a successful man named Boaz. He also happened to be a relative of Elimelech. Boaz treated all his workers, including this Moabite widow named Ruth, with kindness and generosity. In the meantime, Naomi was feeling concerned about Ruth's future. In those days, widows basically had no rights to any property or no social standing. She told Ruth to go and visit Boaz during a time of rest and ask him to marry her. You see, the custom at the time was for the kingsman redeemer, who was the closest relative of the deceased husband, to offer to marry the widow, which means he also inherited the property. Widows could not own property in their own right. So Ruth obeyed and approached Boaz. He was honored to be asked to be the kingsman redeemer but he knew there was one other closer relative to Elimelech that had the first right to be Kingsman Redeemer. However, when this relative was approached and realized he also had to take Ruth, a Moabite, into his home, he refused the deal. So the good news and blessing is that Boaz married Ruth, who gave him a son named Obed, who eventually became the grandfather of David Israel's greatest king. Wow, what a story. So let's get back to that connection of faithfulness, work, and abundance. So let's start with faithfulness. When you're faithful to God, it means that you trust him, you follow where he leads, and you love him unequivocally. You cannot produce good fruit without hearing the word of God and acting on it daily. Here are some of my favorite places in the Bible where it talks about faithfulness. You shall have no other gods before me, Exodus 20, verse 3. Moreover, it is required in stewards 
that one be found faithful, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, and be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life, Revelations 2, verse 10. It's very clear that we are expected to be faithful. So let's talk about work. What's the definition of work? Well, to be an excellent steward of the resources the Lord has blessed you with, you must work hard because he wants you to show honor to him by giving your best. That means to not only keep working hard at your task, but to work harder for the Lord by following his rules. Working with excellence, it also demonstrates your gratitude to him for the resources and for the opportunities he has given to you. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Hebrews 6 verses 11 and 12 says, We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And finally, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So we're obviously meant to work. The Lord expects us to work. All right, and the third word here is abundance. So how does abundance fit in here with faithfulness and work? Well, the definition of abundance in the Bible is in the eyes of the Lord. It's very different. It's different from the way our world defines abundance. Physical blessings may or may not be present in the abundance you receive from him. What will be present in you is the fruits of the spirit, eternal abundance, that means you set your minds on things above, and also growing in grace of your Lord. And that's a continual and ongoing process. But this is abundance in the eyes of the Lord. Proverbs 28.20 tells us, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Now, abound is defined as to occur, or exist in great quantities or numbers, to be rich or well-supplied, to be filled. So when we are faithful, we will be rich, well-supplied, and filled with God's blessing in more ways than we can imagine. Second Chronicles 15.7 says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. And finally, Psalm 128, verse 2, you will definitely enjoy what you've worked hard for. You'll be happy and things will go well for you. So the Lord provides us with abundance in the ways that he sees fit. So let's go back to the book of Ruth and let's understand this connection between faithfulness, work, and abundance based on the story we had read. And we're going to start with Ruth. So faithfulness, well, Ruth truly shows her faithfulness to the Lord when she says to Naomi, your people will be my people and your God, my God. Right then and there, 
she is going against her history, where she came from in Moab, and she is claiming that Naomi's God is her God. Work. Well, we know that work, Ruth worked very hard in the fields, and she brought home food to take care of Naomi, and she worked so hard that she stood out and she was noticed by Boaz. Where does abundance fit in? Well, God used Ruth's work to bring her to the kinsman redeemer, Boaz. He provides a marriage opportunity for Ruth. Their marriage produced lineage leading to King David. So none of this is by accident. God rewarded Ruth for her faithfulness and work through world circumstances, right? This is what he did. He moved things around. So let's look at Naomi. How does this work for Naomi? Well, Naomi showed her faithfulness. She wanted to leave Moab. She wanted to return back to her promised land. And the second thing that she did is that she mentored Ruth very well. So if we look at 1 Peter 5, verses 2 and 3, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So this was how Naomi did her work. She mentored Ruth. She was the one who sent Ruth to Boaz. And abundance? Well, the Lord saw to it that Naomi lived the rest of her life comfortably under the care of Boaz and Ruth and their family. All right, so let's move on to Boaz. Faithfulness. Well, I have to tell you, we didn't read every verse. I didn't actually read the book of Ruth from the Bible. It was a summary. But he often refers to the Lord in his speech. He blesses his workers, and he really uses a spiritual lens to look at the world around him. How about work? Well, my goodness, he treated his workers with kindness and generosity, and especially to Ruth, who was a Moabite. She was an outcast in society there. And Matthew 7, 12 says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Oh my goodness, this is exactly what Boaz did for the people that worked with him. Abundance. He was given uh, much of the same abundance as Ruth, a wife and a son. But he was also given abundance wealth to help others, right? He was able to help his workers to treat them correctly. So. What does all this have to do with you as a business owner? What does this mean? So we're going to keep things simple here, big picture, and we're going to start again with faithfulness. So Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. God is your first priority. This is huge. This is telling you that God owns everything, and that means your business. So if you want to practice faithfulness as a business owner, which, by the way, is not optional, you must let go and let God be the CEO. So let me repeat that. Let go and let God. 
Now, for me, this realization was a very difficult one to grasp. After all, one of the reasons I initially became an entrepreneur was to be in charge. I had these great thoughts, ideas, services that I wanted to share with the world. So my first thought after learning this from spending time in the Bible was, oh my goodness, if I'm not in charge, then what do I do? Who am I? Well, I can promise you the Lord has plenty of things for you to do. He has plenty of things for me to do. We'll get to that in a minute. But personally, I had to spend some time learning how to let go. It's not what the world teaches us. It's all about me, revolves around me. So are you ready to get started? Are you ready to let go and let God? Couple simple steps. Step one, you need a place to spend some quiet time with the Lord, bring something to write on or your computer with you. And step two, Ask yourself this question. What is the one area that I need to let go and give to the Lord in my business? Just, just start with one. If you come up blank, think about a situation instead that is causing you much anxiety in your business. What are you holding on to and afraid to let go of? Why are you holding on to it? Do you not trust the Lord with it? Pray and give it to the Lord. Once you have started to let go of this first situation, you will find it becomes easier to let go of other situations or areas in your business. Now, make sure you write it down and make whatever this is you want to give to the Lord easily visible in your office space. Read it once a day. I can tell you, as I went through this transformation, it changed my decision-making process. It released the heavy burden of ownership, and it opened up a daily conversation between myself and the Lord. I also gained confidence and peace, knowing that I was honoring the Lord by seeking to please him. Okay, so let's move on to work now. Remember I said I was a bit confused when I gave up the role of CEO to the Lord. As soon as I started giving up that role to the Lord, it became clear to me that he wanted me to focus instead on becoming an excellent steward. Okay, well, wait a minute. That made sense to me. There's something I can do. Well, excellent. That's a scary word. So I certainly knew that I was not doing everything all the time with as much excellence as I could. So that thought in itself was a bit overwhelming. So I prayed about it and said, hmm, I think I need to start slow. And what helped me get started was Colossians 3.2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Yes, easier said than done, right? That's really difficult when you're a business person and that's not what the world around us tells us to do. So I decided I would focus on just one biblical principle that I could use in my business. Well, guess what happened when I did that? My FOMO or fear of missing out started to disappear. Do you suffer from FOMO? I did 
I was spending so much time reading about every new business strategy popping up into my feed every day that I ended up feeling overwhelmed with decision-making, which tired me out completely. And it was actually taking precious time away from my working on excellence. So let me share with you which rule I chose. I think it's a great one to start with. I chose the golden rule from Matthew 7, verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. So go ahead, jot it down, Matthew 7, 12. Please try and make time for this little exercise. It's really important. So again, just two steps. Step one, ask yourself this question. When was the last time a business surprised you and went above what you expected from them? How did that make you feel? And step two, what more could you be doing for your customers to give them this feeling? Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about abundance. So of course, as a business owner, you need to make a profit. It is unlikely that you can continue to serve those the Lord would have you serve without financial stability. However, when we are talking about biblical abundance, we are not just referring to physical blessings, but we are going beyond that into the richest of blessings, spiritual, eternal, and growing in the grace of the Lord. So are you ready to take a couple of baby steps to move you closer to abundance? Remember here, we're connecting faithfulness, work, and abundance, as we just saw so beautifully demonstrated in the story of Ruth. So here's your step one. This is a reminder. Increase your faithfulness to the Lord by recognizing him as the CEO of your business. So as we discussed earlier, you're going to find one area or situation to focus on, let go and let God and review it daily. Step two, I want you to focus on one area, one point to increase your excellence as a steward. Using the golden rule, start with just one way to better please your customers. Put it into practice, use it. Step three, write down abundance in your journal or on your computer, but you're going to leave it blank for now. Because in the Lord's time, you will have the pleasure and joy of filling this in when you see what he does for you. When you increase your faithfulness, when you focus on excellence in your work. So right here, I would just like to read to you Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you can do this. This is a good thing. This is a positive step. I can promise you that understanding the connection between faithfulness, work, and abundance will help soothe your soul and bring you renewed encouragement and enthusiasm as you move forward operating your business for the glory of the Lord. I can't wait to see how the Lord is going to abundantly bless you as you increase your faithfulness and focus on excellence in work. 
Have a blessed week. If you are excited to grow your kingdom impact, your first step is to take the free online impact assessment tool I created just for you. This quick and easy tool provides you with a base measurement to identify the specific areas you need to focus on in your unique business. Plus, it has some great tips and resources to get you started. The link to the free impact assessment tool can be found in the show notes. Congratulations on taking the first step in this exciting journey.